Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Julia Spare's Moving Markets podcast. It's Monday, the 8th of January, and my name is Helen Freer. So it hasn't been the smoothest start to the year for equity markets. I'll be talking this morning about all the latest market news with Jan Bopp. And then I'll be speaking to Menzo Pocinci, our head of technical analysis, and getting his thoughts on equities, currencies and oil. But first up is Jan. Good morning, Jan. Good morning, Helen. Thanks for having me. So the first trading week of the year is behind us and markets have had a bit of a rough start to the year. Most equity markets are down so far and yields are up. What's behind last week's weakness, do you think, Jan? It really was a rough start, Helen. Uh, It's only been a week and the the recent Santa Claus rally has already turned into a a little bit of a memory after last week's trading action. So looking at the major regions, uh, equity markets were mostly down between 0.5 and 3.5% with Chinese and US equities underperforming. However, it, it was for different reasons. So in China, it is mainly because uncertainties about the economic recovery continue to make investors nervous. And last Friday's news that uh, shadow banking giant Songqi had filed for bankruptcy uh, weighed on sentiment, marking one of China's biggest ever corporate collapses. Uh, In the US, on the other hand, it was mostly about investors recalibrating their interest rate expectations and as a result, backtracking on some of last year's most popular trades are uh, first and foremost the tech sector. So we are seeing a bit of scaling back here, but uh, we see that also, as you already mentioned, Helen, uh, in the fixed income space. Uh, corporate credit dropped the most since October and government bond yields sold off across the entire curve. Uh, 10-year treasuries ended the week 18 basis points higher, yielding just over 4% now. And in Europe, we also saw yields rise, uh, ending the week 10 to 20 basis points higher. Okay, so you mentioned a recalibration of rate expectations in the US. Looking at my screen, I can see investors have dialed back their Fed rate cut expectations by March this year to a 70% probability. At some point on Friday, this was even as low as 50%. And this is quite a contrast to where markets were at the end of 2023, when futures were almost fully pricing in a Fed rate cut for that meeting. What's changed? Why this big move? There were several factors behind this over the course of last week. So first, the minutes of the Fed's December meeting, which were released last Wednesday, contained no indication of an imminent easing of the Fed's monetary policy. And there was little discussion of the rate cuts that Chairman Powell hinted at in last month's press conference. So in short, the minutes painted a more hawkish picture than many had hoped for. But traders also dialed back on bets on rate cuts by the European Central Bank, uh, which brings me to my second point, inflation. Uh, Main reason here was last Friday's CPI data release, uh, which showed that inflation in the euro area rose for the first time in December after seven consecutive monthly declines. Uh, consumer prices rose 2.9% from a year ago, uh, up from 2.4 in the previous month. And while this was in line with expectation, it just shows after months of falling inflation rates that this is just not a one-way street. Okay. Um, And then there was last Friday's US jobs report, which once again surprised to the upside. 
uh, with 216,000 new jobs created in December, so above the 175,000 expected, which temporarily brought rate cut expectations down to 50% before they went back up again. Exactly, Helen. So the headline number was was quite impressive. Uh, the unemployment rate remained at 3.7% and average hourly earnings even ticked up a little uh, to 4.1%. Uh, looking at the details, there were some areas of weakness. So it's not flawless by any means. But look, it's another solid report that does not scream rate cuts. It it rather points in the direction of curtailing the, the market's recent expectations of early and aggressive rate cuts. And, and this is what the market is doing. Uh, but as you already said, Helen, it, it's a volatile process. Um, that's the downside of data-dependent monetary policy. Every data point is important and investors are forced to revise and re-revise their trading strategy. And don't forget that uh, many market participants were still on holiday last week. So liquidity in the market might also be an issue. Right. And on Thursday, we'll get another important data point with the US inflation report, probably the key event this week, um, as markets continue to assess the likelihood and timing of monetary policy easing. Economists expect the headline number to increase slightly to 3.2%, but a further slowdown is expected for core inflation. What else should we be looking out for this week, Jan? Uh, well, in, in Europe, we'll be getting several economic activity indicators and sentiment readings already today. And of course, this week also marks the start of the earnings season uh, with reports due from several US banks to you on Friday. Uh, the consensus sees earnings growth slowing uh, for the S&P 500, despite Q4 typically being a strong quarter. Uh, so the bar seems pretty low. In any case, a busy time ahead for equity analysts as they work their way through the numbers, uh, but they will also be listening very closely to what companies have to say about their outlook. Uh, our analysts expect earnings to continue to recover over the next quarters, uh, which is just one of the reasons for our constructive outlook on equities this year. And how are markets looking this morning? Might we get off to a better start this week? Unfortunately, not looking at my screens, uh, equities are again off to a shaky start this week, uh, with Asian equities dragged lower by losses in Hong Kong and China, um, again on concerns about tighter regulation and insufficient policy support for the economy. There have been increasing signs lately that more policy support is, is on the way, uh, but equity investors at this point still seem unconvinced. Um, and in Europe... Futures are also starting the week in the red, uh, but let's see how the week unfolds as more and more market participants are returning to the office. Uh, and, and don't forget, equities usually perform well during the earnings season. And that's all from me this morning, Helen. Great. Thanks a lot, Jan. Great roundup to start the week. Always a pleasure, Helen. Now, Menzo, good morning, firstly, and welcome. Good morning, Helen. So as I've already talked about a bit with Jan, most of the major equity markets are in negative territory year to date, not the best start to the year. What are your thoughts, Menzor? Is this a minor blip or something to be concerned about? Well, uh, you know, it's always the same. So uh, if you look too close, basically you get distracted. So uh, the market always throws to you distractions, concerns. And uh, the key point, of course, is to ignore probably 99% of the news. 
So uh, if you step back one uh, step and take a look, what has happened is uh, you have to recognize that the S&P 500 uh, before declining last week had nine consecutive weeks of gains. I mean, this is something uh, that happened the last time in 2004. So this is uh, a sign of a massive demand for equities. And usually markets don't go from strong demand to a bearish reading right away. Um, then secondly, if we look back at the returns of January, then basically we have to see or we can see that in this century, basically January has been a non-event. So on average, January uh, declined by 0.26%. Uh, before that, so from 1950 to the year 2000, basically January was a quite strong month with average gains of about 1.6%. So I think you should not read too much to uh, to the first week uh, performance of uh, financial markets. Okay, uh, good to know. Now, in currencies, I want to ask you about the Swiss franc because it's been rising versus the euro and the US dollar. What do you think here? Is it going to strengthen further? Yes, I mean, the Swiss franc, basically, um, we have been, uh, or investors have been spoiled, basically, since 2015 or 2011, by the Swiss franc going sideways. And we think, basically, that this period of sideways movement is coming to an end, or has come to an end. So the Swiss franc basically resumes its long-term appreciation against the euro and the US dollar. And probably we should be prepared to see uh, new lows of the euro and the US dollar, on monthly closing basis, basically the euro is already at the euro and the US dollar are already at the all time lows. And we think this will uh, continue to be the case. So the Swiss franc remains uh, in strong demand and we recommend investors to remain long the Swiss franc. And just lastly, what about oil? I think you were talking last week about a head and shoulders top in Brent crude oil. Could you tell us perhaps what you mean by that firstly, and then where you think the oil price is heading? Well, uh, I mean, uh, it's, uh, I mean, you should not spend too much time about the head and shoulder. Basically, what it tells you, it's a reversal pattern. So it means it reverses the previous trend. The previous trend of crude oil or uh, commodities in general was up. And now as we are breaking down, basically this uh, pattern we are seeing in the market and it would suggest uh, quite some downside potential. Uh, so we think in general that commodities, I mean, this is not only crude oil, but this is gold and silver as well and agricultural prices as well. They're all correcting further. And please keep in mind that the advance from depressed levels in 2020 was almost a one-way street. So this means that on the way down, there is not too much support levels to be expected. And so we think similar to uh, interest rates, that the decline in commodity prices could surprise uh, a lot of investors, uh, not only by the magnitude, but as well that there is not much consolidation on the way down. So our message is remain cautious on commodities, uh, and uh, we expect further price declines from current levels. Okay, very good. Thanks very much, Manzo. Good to get your latest thoughts this morning. Thank you, Helen. So that is all for today. Thank you again to my guests and thank you all for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And please also leave us a review on whichever platform you like to listen on. And do join us again tomorrow when I'll be back and talking to more of our colleagues about what is moving markets. Have a great start to the week, everyone, and bye for now. 
The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Beyond Markets is a weekly podcast where Julius Bear experts and external speakers discuss some of the latest market developments. They share their key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape and present practical advice. Search for Beyond Markets on your favourite podcast player.